I'm Cahill Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. We are Chagas Sustainable Lead Advisors, and you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 26, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. The Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett, has announced that the organic farming scheme is now open for new applicants. With ambitious targets set to increase the amount of land in Ireland farmed organically, what does the new scheme bring to the table to encourage farmers to join? Joe Keller, Chagas Organic Farming Specialist, joins us to discuss just that. Joe, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Carl. Joe, I suppose just to start out, we know that there's an organic farm scheme launched last year, but what, what are the main changes, I suppose, that have been made to the scheme this year to encourage farmers to join? And how long is the scheme going to run for? Yeah, there's been two major changes made to the scheme that has been there for the last number of years. So the first one is the area payable. So previously, farmers could only get paid on 60 hectares. So that now has been increased up to 70 hectares under the new scheme. Um, And the other big change is that the minimum stocking rate used to always be 0.5 of a livestock unit per hectare, and that is now uh, decreased down to 0.15. So that lines up with the area natural constraints or the disadvantaged dairy stocking rate that farmers would be well accustomed to so and it was it was proving a bit of a, a, a kind of a barrier for a lot of farmers for joining organics is that they were struggling to meet that minimum stocking rate and especially you take the hill sheep farmers in particular they would have had uh, trouble hitting that minimum stocking rate so the 0.15 now really opens the the gates for all that those categories of farmers it would be on maybe marginal land uh, with low stocking rates. They, what happened previously is they were allowed into the scheme, but they got a pro rata payment, whereas now they should be able to get the full payment. So if you take, to give you an example of the impact it's going to have, um, you take a hill sheep farmer with 70 euros on 70 hectares. Under the old scheme, that farmer would have got just shy of 4,000 euros. Under the new scheme, that same farmer stands to gain 15,400 euros while in conversion. So it's, it's, a, it's a significant impact on that category of farmer. Uh, the second part of your question is, is when it opened on February the, the 9th and it closes on April the 8th, the scheme. So there, is, there isn't that much time for people to, you, you've about six or seven weeks to try to get the, the ducks in a row, get the paperwork started, um, or less, sorry, about five or six weeks to get the paperwork started and get it uh, submitted to the department and, uh, and all that side of things. It's great to see, I suppose, those new additions because it was a pity to exclude farmers that were potentially looking to get into the scheme and, and to hold them up on stocking rates or maybe the amount of land that their farm was a killer. But, you know, the targets are quite high and you, you have ambitious targets up to 2027. I think, is it you're going to hopefully go from 90,000 hectares up to 330,000 hectares by 2027? So significant growth needed in the area. Yeah, that's it. It's it's to try. We're we're at two percent of the land uh, in Ireland is farmed organically, and if you contrast that to Europe, where the the average would be eight and a half, and you'd have countries like the the Austrians and the Swedes, where they'd be up in the twenty something percent, and then you'd have the likes of France and Germany with a seven or eight percent land. So we're we're very near the bottom of the table in terms of the amount of land we have devo- devoted to organics. So the target from an Irish perspective is seven and a half percent by the end of twenty twenty seven. As you said, it's about three hundred. 50,000 hectares. So it is ambitious, but I think those rule changes will actually help a lot for us to, 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 to hit those targets. Um, because look, a lot of the land that maybe is going to come into the scheme is very close to being farmed organically. So 
those farmers deserve to be rewarded for that type of land, you know, if they if they make that final step and convert it to organics. So if, if a lot of the, those farmers decide to commit to organics, I think those targets are, are, are achievable. Yeah, and I think the, the government are opening the wallet and, and, and you know, they're really showing that they're, they're, they're going to push this thing forward. And I suppose we're going from junior B to senior, hopefully by 2027. That's it, yeah. Um, like it, it is the first time that there has been significant money thrown at the organic scheme. Like there's 256 million allocated to it for the next five years, starting next year. Like uh, so, and if you take that previous up to this, there was about 16 million a year was what was allocated in 2020, and we're 21 million for 2021. So like that's a huge increase in the budget. So we now have the money to match the aspirations. So. I suppose farmers maybe should be kind of confident that the money is there um, going forward for the next five years if they're thinking of joining it. The other thing that's happening as well, of course, is like is is you look at what's happening outside in Europe. Like I saw a figure the other day where which said that the demand for organic produce in the shops has increased by seven hundred percent from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty two thousand to twenty twenty. So over the past twenty years, it's gone up by seven hundred percent. The amount of land that has converted to organics in the same same time frame has been gone up by three hundred percent. So the level of demand in mainland Europe, in particular, is outstripping the amount of supply that's coming on stream at a rate of two to one, roughly. So what we're seeing is that the major organic consuming countries, the French, the Germans, the Dutch in particular, they're, they're at a stage now where they're no longer able to meet their kind of their the demand that their domestic consumer wants from domestic supply, so they're going to have to rely on imports. So there's a huge opportunity there for whoever does decide to kind of fill that gap in the market. And you'd like to think that Ireland would be able to tap into some of those opportunities that, that will come up. If you're farming conventionally right now and you're interested in the organic farming scheme, what steps should you take or what should you do to become registered with an organic body? And what is the procedure from then on with the Department of Ag? Yeah, so there's a couple of steps. I suppose the, the first thing that has to happen is, is, is the farmer needs to convince themselves that organics is suitable for them and they're suitable for organics. Um, so it, it's have you kind of a, a mind frame where your the environment is high up in your consciousness? Have you been planting a few trees? Have you been sowing bits of clover? Have you been sowing multi-species over the last few years? You know, if you've been doing some of these things, you're demonstrating a kind of a, a level of environmental consciousness that would suggest maybe that organics might be a natural fit for you. So if you've kind of gone past that thought process and you're you're convinced that organic farming is an option for you, um, then I suppose you need to do a bit of kind of fact-finding what you actually need to do to your farm, I suppose, to, to, to go organic and what are the changes. And, and once you've kind of that, then you have to go through the paperwork side. So um, as you rightly said, the first step really for anyone that has their mind made up and has figured out what they have to do is to contact one of the organic certification bodies. So for grassland farmers in this country, you have two choices. You have the Organic Trust and you have the Irish Organic Association. And they're equally... Uh, They'll both do the same job. So it doesn't matter which one of them you pick, but contact one of them. They'll send you out a pack. And in that pack, then you'll get application forms. You'll get a conversion plan. And basically what the conversion plan is, pretty much you just telling your story of what you've been doing for the last few years and what you intend to do going forward. There's no major rocket science involved in the filling out of this. And most farmers would be well capable of completing it themselves. Inside there as well, then, is a herd health plan, which you have to fill out in conjunction with your vet. Um, as to what kind of are the issues on the farm and what products need to be used on the farm 
um, and you detail them on that health plan. And once they're in that, you're entitled to use whatever products the vet says that you are entitled to use. Um, and there's a few other bits then, like soil samples and maps like that that have to be included, yard sketch, things like that. But you get that back then to the certification body. What they do then is they issue you, issue you with a license. So once you get that license, you're actually officially an organic farmer at that stage. If you're selling produ produce direct to the consumer, it allows you to put the green leaf on your product and say that you're, you're an organic licensed operator. The next step after that then is if you want to get the premium from the Department of Agriculture, you have to send your license to the Department of Agriculture and apply separately for the organic farming scheme by the 8th of April. Um, so there is kind of almost four distinct steps there along the line. I suppose there is one fifth step, and that is you also have to do a 25-hour training course, and you have till the 1st of November of 2022 to complete that. So you can do that after you join the scheme. Is there a fee for that then from the organic people as well, Joe? So the license, it, it depends on acres, really. The, the more acres you have, the more the fee is. So it goes on the size because they have to inspect you and they're charging you for that purpose of the inspection. Typically, the first year, you would be paying somewhere between two and 400 euros. And that probably increases to somewhere between maybe four to 700 euros from there on, uh, depending on the acreage and the scale of the, the farming system you have. There's a good few steps there to Joe to get done before April. If you're conventional right this minute and you're listening to podcasts and think, God, maybe it will, well, I, well, I won't. Um, is is the potential to get it done in that time to get those few steps? Can the organisations take care of that? I suppose to... it it is it is possible to do it, but I'm not sure I'd be advising people to do it um, because look, organics is something people need to twist around in their head for a, a few months and possibly even a year or two uh, before they, they can figure out if it is for them. So if you've your mind made up and you're fairly sure, I would say by all means, go ahead and apply this year and get it done. But if not, like, there's heaps of events coming up over the next number of months, and I'm sure we'll cover them later. But like this, go and find information um, and try maybe set yourself up that even in 2023, you can convert to it. So look, the mind is made up, absolutely get into it this time. But if you want a bit of time to think of it, the scheme will be there in 2023, I suppose, is, is what I would say to people. So um, just just do the homework as, as to what's needed uh, on your farm. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Um, just, I suppose you mentioned, mentioned conversion there in, in the conversion process. If you're in the conversion process, how long does that take? Is that time-based or is it something that you have to do some analysis after a year or two to see you know, test soils, test fecal analysis. What, what, what way is that? That work? No, it is, it is time based. So there's a two-year conversion period is the standard conversion period for all people that go into organic farming. So you take a suckler farmer, for example, that goes into organics. So the cows that they have on their farm sometimes there's a misconception that I have to get rid of my cows and buy a new cows. So you you don't have to. And it's the same with a flock of yours or whatever you have. So if you've twenty suckler cows in your farm they go into the, the journey of organics with you, but those cows will never become organic. But what happens is the calves that they have, once they go through their conversion period, those calves um, will be organic and you can sell their progeny as organic. So you have to go through a two-year conversion period. So the cow is actually going through a two-year conversion period and the land is going through a two-year conversion period. And once you come out the other end of that, you're entitled to sell your produce as organic after two years. So you take, like, uh, one of the, I suppose, the points that would often made is there's no market there for this and there's no market there for that. You take beef, for example, there. If we get a lot of beef farmers joining the scheme now this time around, 
that that beef is not going to come on stream until 2024 and possibly 2025 at the earliest. So that gives the likes of the processors and the likes of Borbia, whoever is trying to find markets for this new product, it gives them two years to, to identify new markets. So it isn't as if we're going to be flooded with new organic produce all of a sudden because of the two-year conversion. So it, it is a great mechanism for the people that are trying to find the markets also to give them time to, to find new markets for the, this product that hopefully will come on stream. Um, Joel, there's a ranking scheme um, or a ranking system to get into the organic scheme. Could you explain a little bit about that to us here? Yeah, so the department, uh, it, it's kind of a rule that's enforced by Europe that you have to prioritise the areas that are most in demand in terms of the market. So in Ireland, the categories that are most in demand is milk, um, cereal crops, poultry and horticulture. Those four categories are the four areas that are most in demand. So farmers that go into the organic scheme with those enterprises will receive a higher marks. So the, the two enterprises then in an Irish setting that are probably not hitting the higher marks is the beef and the sheep farmers. And that sometimes sends out the wrong signal that beef and sheep farmers say, I'm not going to get into the scheme, so I won't bother applying. But the reality is that the money is there now this year for over a thousand uh, farmers to get into the organic scheme and the reality of it is look is is that I, I it'd be hard to see more than 100 farmers between dairy tillage horticulture and poultry uh getting into the organic scheme this year for a variety of reasons so there's still going to be a, a thousand places available for beef and sheep farmers and from speaking to the department speaking to anyone that kind of has a fair idea what's going on we don't see that scoring system being triggered this year we don't see that the number of applicants it, it would have to be well over a thousand for it to be triggered and we don't see that uh happening this year so the, the advice would be look as if you're you're a beef or sheep farmer and you're thinking of going into organics and you've your mind made up, then you should go for it because that scoring system is, is highly unlikely to, to come into play. That's good to know, Joe. If you're sitting at home now, Joe, and you're saying you're a new entrant, maybe, or a young farmer, and maybe you're in beef or sheep or whatever, and you're saying to yourself, geez, I'd love to get into dairy, organic dairying. If you start, I suppose, your, your conventional at the moment and there's your couple of years of period of conversion, where do you send that milk um, when you're trying to convert to, to organics in them two years if you're a new entrant? Do you have to kind of find a local supplier first, do your two years conversion and then find an organic supplier or is there a market for that in conversion milk? Uh, there's a couple of options, I suppose, Kyle, to, to that answer. Um, the first thing is if you're not a dairy farmer and you're trying to come in as a new entrant, uh, one of the options is you could go in by uh, a herd of Frisian heifer calves that are under six months of age, you're allowed to do that um, with permission from your OCB. Um, so you go into organics, you buy in these, are you buying the, the herd of Frisian heifer calves or dairy breed calves? Um, and they convert, which, no, sorry, they will never be organic, those calves, but their milk will be once you convert. So that is one option. The other option is you can buy in organic cows. Now, to 62 uh, existing organic dairy farmers in the country so your sources to get organic cows is quite limited because Big of that book, I'd say. yeah or, or the other alternative which some farmers are doing is is importing um, cows from, from other Europe there's lots you have a lot of choice in, in the other European countries because it's a much bigger industry so there are the likes of Denmark in particular would be a, um, a good source of organic stock and we'd see some coming in from there that's another option. And then you can get uh, another derogation if you were to buy, to buy in up to 40% 
of your herd as in calf heifers from conventional herds. Um, and again, they can go through the conversion period. They will never be organic, those heifers, but their milk can become organic as well. So it's kind of a combination of a number of factors is 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 the way to, to kind of to combat it is, is if you're in that situation. There's, there's a good few options there, actually. That's not too bad. Just before I forget it, actually, some, some of our listeners that are into, into equine and horses are wondering, um, Horses aren't included in the stocking rate on, on the organic farming scheme, are they? No, horses are not included in the stocking rate. Um, and it's the question that comes up a lot is, is, is the people that have kind of a, an equine business or a few horses, a few ponies or something, and they want to know, will it affect their organic? And you've, you've really got two distinct choices. The first one is you farm the equine enterprise organically. So if they want to get any feed, it has to be organic horse feed. Uh, or the second option is you uh, designate a part of the farm, fence it off, and you say that is the portion of the farm for the horses, and they stay on that part of the farm and they don't ever come off of it, and all your other livestock or whatever it is you have uh, farmed the rest of the farm organically. And once there's two distinct units on the farm, uh, it'll work away uh, in tandem together. Joe, are there any um, distinct um, specifications for buildings or changes to buildings needed um, under the organic scheme? Yeah, so the, the big one is the that 50% of the floor area that the animals lie on has to be straw bedded or solid floor area in a way. So in a dairy situation, actually, you can get away with cubicles. Um, if you have existing cubicles and they have to be a certain size, it's three meters squared, which is typically an eight foot by four foot cubicle. So it's slightly bigger than your standard cubicle. Uh, if you have that and you bed it with a cubicle mat and a suitable bedding material, which is typically kind of lime and sawdust, that'll do. But for the dry stock of the sheep, then um, you have to ensure that you have a straw bedded lie back. Um, so that for a lot of people, that involves modifying sheds, or it might, you, if you can, the, the wording is if they're free access to a lie back. So it might be that you might be able to, there might be a shed three or four yard, meters across the yard that you can kind of get access to it and they can go into that, lie down and come back out onto the slats to eat. That's fine. As long as 50% of the total floor area is, is a solid floor and straw bedded. Uh, then you can make it work. And look, there's, there's a whole range of things. Some farmers will actually just build on the straw bedded area onto the back of the slats. In some cases, you're only talking about maybe they might have to add on a metre or two onto sheds to, to make it work. More cases might involve a bit more. Uh, every yard is different, but it, it is one of the significant uh, changes. But the, it, it's um, if you're building a new uh, addition onto shed, it's, it's eligible for TAMS uh, grant aid as well. Brilliant. And is there any other um, you know, funding available other than the TAMS? The uh, organic scheme for the farm buildings yeah. the the tams is the only one the other big grant scheme that's out there uh is the organic processing uh scheme and that's for people that are processing their own product and adding value to it and it's it's actually it's quite open and what's eligible there's no list of what's eligible so once you can make a case um for it so you take like one of the things that's become popular is these are uh, milk vending machines so you could make a case that you're adding value to your products so the likes of that could be eligible uh, anything from whiskey distilleries to cheese packing facilities to vegetable packing um you, you you can make a case for us 
uh, you could there's a grant aid of up to seven hundred thousand to be got in that scheme, and it's it's most usually undersubscribed. So if anyone has any ideas on that, it's well worth looking at. It's the organic uh, process and investment scheme. So um, just uh, Google it and see see what. It's a mouthful as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any um, farm demonstrations or walks or information sessions available to farmers now at the moment on on the organic scheme and organics in general? Yeah, so there's a whole series of uh, walks happening at the moment and webinars. Um, so we have a series of webinars uh, happening across the country, local webinars. Um, so if you, the easiest way to find out where all these are is actually if you put Chagosk Organic Events into Google, it'll take you straight into the page and the whole list of them are there. So just Chagosk Organic Events into Google. Uh, and then the walks, they run all the way through to the 19th of July. They cover the whole kind of range of enterprises and scales and types of farms. So there should be something there that suits everyone. The organic certification bodies are also running a series of walks um, throughout the month of March and maybe running into April. Um, so if you look up their websites as well, you'll see the walks they have. So look, there's there's a walk happening near everyone, I would say, in the next month. Um, so I would say just look up the Google them and see what you come up with. So Joe, it's great to see um, the government making positive changes to help encourage farmers to go into organic farming. We really enjoyed um, our chat with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Deirdre. Thanks very much, Joe. That's it for this episode of the Chagask Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Joe Kelleher, Chagask Organic Farming Specialist, for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.